actually start working with a client, especially when we start uh, working on maybe some strategy together, is first of all, we'll take a look at, almost like putting into a GPS, what is the destination? What do you want and need to be spending your time on as the CEO of your company? So that generally is things like business development, right? Like going out, making new connections, you know, bringing in more business, things like that. It's the be doing the visionary work. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Today's guest is Melissa Swink, founder of Melissa Swink & Company. She is a business and time management consultant, speaker, and trainer who is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs create profitable and scalable businesses that they love. Melissa and her team of dedicated virtual assistants also provide administrative marketing, social media, and a ton of other support to business owners. She believes it's important to maximize your work time so that there is more space for other priorities in life. Melissa isn't a coach, and that is actually what sets her apart. Her and her team of virtual assistants actually do the things that you don't want to do in your business or that are not as important in your business, and that is what her team does. So whether or not you're looking for a virtual assistant or someone to take off some of the load from you or take off some of those tasks that you don't want to do in your business... Whether or not you need someone like that, she's going to share some tidbits on, on how to really prioritize what you're focusing on as a business owner. So stay tuned. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. I'm really excited to talk with you today and talk about all the things that we women business owners try to fit into every single day and how we can get some relief and keep moving forward on our goals and stay focused on the things that are most important to us. Oh, you said it, right? Women have so many things going on in our lives. I think everyone listening is also nodding their head like, oh yeah, I don't know how this woman is going to be able to save me time because I do not have enough, right? Right. Yes. For sure. <laughs> I think that's what we all say. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So for some people not have ever heard of a VA, which is short for virtual assistant, and you have a whole company that is virtual assistants for other business owners. Can you explain what that means to a business owner? Sure, absolutely. So a virtual assistant is somebody who provides remote support for your business, more most likely to be in the areas of administrative and marketing services. So well, the support that you know a business owner needs can vary drastically from one to the next, and it can be based on you know the, even the industry that they're in. Generally speaking, a couple of examples of some admin support that a business owner might receive from a virtual assistant could be you know email management or helping with coordinating calls or meetings, and 
all the follow-ups that go along with it. Like you offer somebody some options and they don't get back to you and checking in to make sure they get on your calendar, that sort of thing that can just, again, um, create a mounting and ever-ending to-do list will help with things like, you know, client onboarding, maybe client offboarding, invoicing, um, some light bookkeeping, maybe categorizing expenses, um, reconciling bank statements, things like that. Um, on the marketing side of things, a lot of digital marketing. So um, social media management, you know, writing blogs, posting blogs, basic website updates, email newsletters, campaigns, maybe even some outreach to, you know, potential clients, maybe reaching out to um, maybe past clients or past prospects. There's so many different things that you can use a virtual assistant for. I, I feel like people are probably like trying to jot all those things down like, yes, I could use that. I could use that. I could use that. So if yes. you're listening in your car, you can always rewind this, <laughs> this, this episode. I have a pretty complete list on my website as well, which I know you'll share with everybody. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because somebody's like, well, what do you help people with? It's like so much. Why don't you tell me about you? And then I can narrow the list down to what makes sense for you because otherwise you're going to get lost. <laughs> Right. Right. Well, and so basically what I'm hearing you say is that a uh, virtual assistant is like the name, right? It's like having an assistant who you could walk over to in the traditional office type setting that most of us don't have anymore <laughs> and right. say, hey, yeah. can you help me with these things? Or that they had a job description of these are the things that you handle. The virtual part is that a business owner doesn't have that person on their payroll. They don't have to worry about giving them, you know, these tasks and if they don't show up and all those things. And so that is part of the benefit of having a virtual assistant. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes, 100%. So when we work with clients, we could um, just start with working with them where they're outsourcing one thing to us. So for example, maybe they want to consistently send an email newsletter once a month. Maybe that's the number one thing that they want to start with. We have clients that are actually nonprofit organizations that outsource their entire back office to us. We really vary based on where the client is at, what their needs are, and our goal is also to grow with them as well. So to your point, a virtual assistant can be a great stepping stone from, I'm working solo right now and there's these things that are just not getting done, but they're important to me. So I'd like to have somebody else help me with those all the way to, I just want you to run the back end of my business while I am out here recording podcasts or speaking on stages or writing my books, whatever that might be. But the cool thing is, is that a virtual assistant is an independent contractor. So you do not need to, you know, pay benefits or, you know, maybe provide a computer or workspace to somebody where if they were an employee of yours, you know, there'd be more costs associated with that. So truly, when you're working with a virtual assistant, you can narrow it down to here's exactly what I need help with, whether that's something small or something large. We can really vary based on what you need. And I know from working with business owners for so many years that I that that is I've referred to virtual assistants. Um, sometimes specialized, like you said, you not deep into bookkeeping, but you know sometimes it's like I just need this. Um, to the one of like do the things I always recommend and love to hear your take on this. I always recommend a business owner to pick those things that you either you don't have time for or that you hate doing because you're not going to do them well and you're not going to do them prioritized. And so it's like make a list when you're feeling 
overwhelmed with all the things that you, all the hats that you're wearing as a business owner and those things that you don't want to do or don't have time to do, which is typically the same thing. That's what you would want a virtual assistant to help you with. Does that kind of make sense of how you recommend that? Yes, absolutely. So when I actually start working with a client, especially when we start uh, working on maybe some strategy together is first of all, we'll take a look at almost like putting into a GPS. What is the destination? What do you want and need to be spending your time on as the CEO of your company? So that generally is things like business development, right? Like going out, making new connections, you know, bringing in more business, things like that. It's the be doing the visionary work. Like, where are you headed? Where are your goals? What do you see for yourself and your company over the next, you know, several years? And it's also doing the things that really light you up and that you love to do. So those are the things that we want to keep on your plate that we want to free you up to be able to focus on doing more of that. So then the question comes up is, what do we do with everything else? So it's like, I have these things that I know are important for the business. It's something I love. I need to be spending my time here working on the business. What about everything else that needs to get done? So, so the first thing that I suggest is, first of all, let's look at eliminating some things that are no longer in alignment with where you're headed. So that could be taking a look at products or services that you've been offering that maybe just a few of those things don't fit with where you're headed now. Maybe there are some non-ideal clients that you've been working with and going forward, they're just not a fit again for your long-term vision. Same thing could go with some team members as well. Maybe there's somebody who was great in the beginning, but now you're ready to go to the next level. And that person just does not have the skill set or maybe even the availability required in order to continue moving forward with you. So taking a look at what do we need to eliminate to just free up off our plate. I know when I started my business, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, we kind of say yes to everything because we mm -hmm. need money. And so, <laughs> yeah. but then time goes on and you're like, I know I don't want to work on that project again, or I know I don't want to work with that type of company anymore. Like you just know. So what can we eliminate? Because more is not always more. And then we take a look at, you know, what can we automate or systematize or streamline? Because there's opportunities to leverage, you know, software or systems or different tools that reduce the overall manual labor that you're putting in your business. I can use myself as an example. And people are really resistant to this. It's like, it's one more $10 per month subscription. Do I really need this that kind of a thing? Um, I can laugh at myself because I went through this recently. And this is always a process. This is always evolving as the company grows. But I know I invested in QuickBooks Online. I stuck. And, you know, after the first couple of years, I used an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of my sales, my expenses. I think a lot of people start there. And then I upgraded to QuickBooks Online and had the automatic bank feeds coming in, like I could see my sales coming in, I could see my expenses coming in and all that. But then I was still manually sending invoices every month. And we work <laughs> on monthly retainer. So I was like, creating the invoice, you know, five days before it was due, and then going in and charging, clicking the button to charge those payments on the first or what have you. And I was like, this is stupid. I only need to <laughs> upgrade my QuickBooks by 25 more dollars a month to have this automated for me, like just little things like that. And, and so I challenge people to take a look at what can you use a system for that will just cut out that manual labor, whether it's you doing it 
or paying someone else to do it, it's going to be far more cost effective to let a system handle some of these things that don't need to be touched by a human being. So we look at that. And then lastly, what is, what's left after we kind of do that, that eliminate, that automate, and that's usually busy work, right? The busy work that the emails or, you know, the sending the follow-up reminders or just, you know, some of the things that are day-to-day. And again, the things that you don't like doing, the things that you don't know how to do well. I mean, it's so much more efficient to have somebody, say, create your email newsletter and spend, you know, a half an hour on it rather than have you spending hours trying to Google, figuring out like, now, how do I change the font size over here? What if oh I want gosh. the picture on the left instead of the right? Been there. Like, you can spend so many hours trying to DIY and figure it out where somebody who's familiar with it can get it done in minutes. So um, that's kind of a rundown. It's so much more creative. Right. It looks so much better. You know, it's just, it's incredible. So really, that's kind of the the layers that we look at when it comes to what to delegate. But at the very simplest end of it, it's what do you not like doing? What keeps getting put on the back burner? Um, another one of those is actually social media. Um, so many people struggle with posting consistently on social media where they'll be really inspired and they'll be posting regularly. And then their their profiles kind of go dormant for a while and then they kind of ramp it up again. You know, something that's inconsistent is another thing to take a look at outsourcing as well. Yeah, I definitely seen that. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that about yourself of like, oh, I just needed to do this upgrade because if, if I, you know, if I can say anything to any business owner, including yourself is like, we're like the shoemaker's child, right? Like we're so good about helping others with our particular expertise. And then it's like, oh, wait, I should probably look at myself and do my business for myself. Right. So um, take my own advice, take your own (laughs) advice. Um, you had said something in there that I think is super important to to go back and highlight. Um, and, and that's the cost of that, right? In your own personal example of where you're like, oh my gosh, it was a whole $25 more a month. And some people, if they're especially if they're starting out, like 25 bucks or whatever the cost of the thing is, that's going to help you automate or or be more efficient. Sometimes it is more than that, just 25 bucks. Maybe 25 bucks is a lot. But the calculation of what a business owner's time is, is, I mean, 25 bucks or whatever it is, even if it's 500 and but it's saving you hours. I think business owners forget to really think about what their time, if you were out drilling in, you know, getting more sales in, or like you said, all the other things that business owners need to do, the visionary thinking of new products or services and your hourly wage or hourly value, I should say, not even what you pay yourself, the value of a business owner stop and think about what that is because then these things that might cost you a little bit more or even hiring a VA or hiring or you know implementing some new systems that may cost a subscription is so much more valuable because you're worth so much and business owners undervalue themselves all the time. They do. They do. And it's really a matter of looking things as an investment rather than an expense because we hear that all the time. You know, it's, oh, it's $25 more a month that I have to pay for this upgraded subscription, or I have to pay, you know, $500 a month to have my Facebook posts, you know, managed for me, just, you know, kind of looking at things like that, where it's like, well, let's turn that around, though. How much time are you spending on doing these things? 
And if you were to spend that time instead growing your business and maybe making a new connection that turns into your next great customer, you know, how much more do you have to gain by not spending your time doing those kinds of things? So um, there is an exercise that I can do for people that really shows them what is your time worth? And it's not so much on a on an hourly basis per se, but it's taking a look at if you freed up five, 10 more hours a week, would you be able to create another income stream? Would you be able to bring in that next big client? And what does that look like? Because that's the most important thing to focus on rather than the dollars that are going out, focus on what could come in because you have that space freed up for yourself. Yep. Like you said, it's a return on investment. And so, yep, I love that. Absolutely. Um, so what, what advice, I know you had said how, how you kind of approach when helping, when someone comes to you. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, this makes sense, but how do I know, how do I know that it's for me? Like, where do they start? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think when somebody's ready to take a look at hiring a VA or maybe for them, their first step with outsourcing something in their business could be, um, you know, looking for a social media manager, maybe it's a bookkeeper. So, you know, kind of substitute VA for whatever else that one first thing might be based on importance to you. Um, The first thing that I would do really is ask my network. Maybe there's, you know, business owners who are in a networking group with you, or, you know, nowadays we have so many Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. Just ask. I'm looking for help with X. Who are, you know, who can you recommend? Is there somebody who you enjoy working with? I feel like asking for a referral is just the fastest way to get to having a conversation with somebody who might be a good fit for you rather than, you know, Googling something or kind of doing some random searches. You just don't know, you know, what might pop up or if that person might be a good fit for you in your industry. So I always recommend asking your network Um, and then have a conversation with that person and you know a couple of people i would say interview a couple of people just to find out you know kind of what they how they approach things you know is the conversation easy do they get you is there a connection there but really let them lead in with their expertise they should be asking you a lot of good questions and they may even ask you questions that you never even thought of before and then that kind of triggers some other ideas so Um, I would say that's the difference, too, between working with a good service provider versus a great service provider. In my experience, you know, with with working with my team, a good service provider will do the things that you ask them or tell them to do and do it, you know, reasonably well. But a great service provider is going to be almost advising you. And, okay, here's what you told me you need help with. Here's how I recommend we tackle this. Also, we could look at doing X, Y, and Z. So the process is so much easier when you find the right fit. And I start, I suggest um, asking your network to begin to find the right fit. I love that. And you uh, hit the nail on the head with like anyone listening who has a business, like even for themselves, they need to be asking their customers the questions and not just if someone says, hey, you know what? I need a bookkeeper um, or I need some social media help. And the serve, you know, and the either VA or service provider or whatever says like, okay, cool, we can do that. Right. Yes, exactly. Tell me more. Then it'll be $500. Right. Yeah. And it'll be $500. Uh, that's not someone I would hire. 
Correct. Because they didn't ask you like, why is that your challenge or whatever the questions they did not drill down to get to know you and your business. Um, And yeah, so asking questions that anyone listening needs to be asking questions of their clients before they just sell their thing. Right. Yes. You need to get to know the client. I mean, when I talk to potential clients, I mean, first I spend the first few minutes just getting to know them as a person, you know, where are they located? Because, you know, I'm located in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but I talk to people from really all over the United States, a few people from Canada and things too, you know, where are they located? You know, what, what are some of their hobbies? Do they have a family? Do they have pets? People love to talk about their pets, by the way. If they have pets, they'll tell you, they'll show you pictures. They'll call them over and put them on the, on the camera on Zoom. Um, but then we dive into, you know, tell me more about your business. And I'm listening for what type of business do they have? Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Because that also kind of determines, to use your example, where do they need to be on social media? Kind of depending on that. Um, I asked them about what are some of the goals that you're working on? Like, why is this important to you? Why why do you need extra help in your business? What will you be able to do because you have extra help? And then we start diving into, you know, what are some of the things that are on your list that just never seem to get done or that you just would love to take off your plate? And then we can keep having those conversations to really dive into what are the most important things you need to take off your plate and how can we make that work for you? Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. One thing we didn't talk about is, um, I, I know this was a struggle for me. You, you had um, kind of shared your story and I remember the first time, I mean, I had employees short, right, as you know, starting out my first business. But when it was things that I managed for years and then I had to let go of them, gosh, that is hard. And I know it's hard for other business owners that I've advised through the years when it's like, you know, for me, it was, I can do this in an hour and it's going to be 100% accurate. And so the whole delegation issue, issue, right, of if someone might do the same output, but do it differently, 
how do you work with people who do have a difficulty in delegation? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm going to raise my hand here because I am in the same camp as the majority of our clients too. Very few people are natural at delegation. So there's a couple of things that we do with our clients. So first things first, even with my own team, I work with people who have experience doing the things that I need help with. I just am at that point in my business where I don't have I don't personally have the time and our team doesn't have the time and energy to train somebody from the ground up. So if you want to hit the ground running quickly, hire somebody who has experience doing the things that you need help with rather than, you know, maybe bringing on an intern who, you know, somebody who you would need to nurture and and train. Most of us don't have that kind of time, but if you do, great. So assuming that we're hiring somebody with experience, um, there's a couple of different ways that you can easily hand off because one one other piece of resistance that I get sometimes is I don't know how to train somebody like the training somebody on all this is exhausting. And I'll tell you a story here. So I'm going to call it a tale of two business coaches. So um, back in 2014, I was um, expecting my daughter. I have an eight year old daughter, but I worked with a business coach that year to prepare for my maternity leave. And this was when I was a solo business owner. My business was I'm just shy of two years old at this point. And we spent the entire summer creating a manual of all of the tasks that I did for every single client. Like I'm talking like Word document, like Word document, like step number (laughs) one, log into QuickBooks, you know, like click on this. It was exhausting. It took me all summer. And then once I had this, this binder of, you know, all of our things, I needed to cross train you know, somebody to fill in for me during my maternity leave. It was exhausting. And then, of course, that made me much more hesitant to build a team once I was back in back in the business full time and, and post maternity leave. And I had gone to a business retreat and like I'm at capacity. I can't take on one more client. I can't take on one more project. If school is closed or if my daughter gets sick and can't go to daycare work stops and it's very stressful. I feel so far behind. And they're like, you need to hire a team. I'm like, oh, but I don't want to babysit people. I don't want to have to train people. Like I've been, nah. and she's like, first of all, you should not have to create a training manual before you bring somebody on. You find somebody who's qualified to do this kind of work. You have them sit with you and watch you do it. And they can create the how-to guide and you can just review it and sign off on it. And that's the process that they follow going forward. And I would, my mind was just blown when she said this. I was like, oh, well, that makes things so much easier. So that's how we train now. It's like, all right, that's okay. If you have, if you have that task that you want to outsource and you have a very specific way you want it done, super. Let's record a training session on Zoom. We can even have it transcribed create it into, you know, a standard operating procedure document, an SOP document. Fantastic. Easy way to get that off your plate. That's if you have something very specific that you know that you want to hand off. There's also those of us who it's like, I know I'm overwhelmed. There's lots of things that I could hand off. I just don't even know where to start. What we will do is we encourage regular communication between the client and their VA and We'll ask them, kind of walk through your to-do list or let, let's take a look at your calendar, what you have coming up. And the VA can kind of help say, 
oh, I could call and make that reservation for that conference room for that, you know, workshop that you want to host next month. Or they can start making some recommendations and say, I can help with this. Or how about I pull a couple of stock photo options for you? And then you can choose one of those rather than, you know, searching through, you know, millions and millions of options. They kind of narrow it down for you. They can start kind of pulling out what they can help you with if you're not a natural delegator. So, or maybe they're listening and, and you mention, hey, I'm going to be speaking at a conference back in, in July. I don't know how many conferences are happening in July. I'm laughing about that as I'm saying that as an example. That's like <laughs> key summertime, but we'll roll with it for the example. Um, you know, they might say, okay, great. Do you need help with putting together a presentation? Are you going to need handouts? Do you have enough business cards if somebody stops by your booth? You know, they can start helping you anticipate what you might need and they can at least get things started for you. So there's a lot of different ways that you can work with somebody without getting overwhelmed by the training process, without getting overwhelmed by what do I hand off? Because there's there's ways of communicating and figuring all that out. Perfect. I love that. Yeah, because I, I, like I said, I know delegation was, I, I was at that same point. I had to do it. But then it, it's, you know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. It is hard for sure. I think, and it's also about reinforcing the fact that they're taking full ownership for this thing that you're handing off. Like, this is your baby. Like, you take ownership of it. And granted, especially in the beginning, you'll want to double check before things go out. You know, you'll want to double check those invoices before they're sent off to the customer or, you know, what have you. But over time, you know, you should be able to to trust that person once they, you know, have have all the processes in place and have the experience and, and a few rounds under their belt. Uh, it can be a, a huge relief. Yes, I would agree. One thing that I did not ask you is how you got, how, how did you even start this business? I always love sharing the story of the, the journey, right, with other women as this group is really about, um, you know, having sharing with each other. And so I would love to hear how you started. What made you even want to be an entrepreneur? Right. Yes, absolutely. So I did grow up in an entrepreneurial family. My parents have both had, you know, day jobs and side hustles and things like that ever since I was five years old. So I did grow up around it. When I was, you know, through college, I actually, I did the the seven-year plan for college. So I worked full-time and went to school in the evenings and got my my degree and I got my associate's degree and then ultimately my bachelor's degree. Um, but during that time that I was employed, I first my first job was an office manager at a local machine shop. I got that job because I took advanced accounting in high school and I understood how to do billing. And so I got that job. And then I left that job because I was looking for something full time and started working in operations and logistics and got to a point where where I was doing production management, a lot of process improvement type of work in the company that I was working for. And this was also through like 2008 housing market crash and, and that recession that happened with oh, it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I worked in the building materials industry and corporate. And um, the good thing was, is that I survived a lot of layoffs. The bad news was that I enjoyed what I was doing less and less because I was just absorbing things that were just not a good fit for me. So I just got to this point where I'm like, I need to do something else. 
I want more time freedom. I want more control over what kind of work that I do. So I saved up a little money and gave my two-week notice from my job. Um, probably not necessarily the most solid plan that I would recommend to other people, but um, I didn't have kids at the time. And so I'm like, well, worst case scenario, I'll just work a part-time job to pay my bills. It's all good. So interestingly enough, my first week of being solo and out of a job, I met a gentleman at a luncheon through a local chamber of commerce. And we got to talking and he said, I'm a process improvement consultant and I work with manufacturing companies here in our area. I could really use your help on some projects. So, I mean, it, it was just, it was definitely a God thing. Um, you know, the, the universe, whatever your word is for that, because he sat next to me at my table, had a great opening for me. And that's what I did that summer after I left my job. I left my job in March of 2012. So it's been over 11 years now. And as I was working during that summer, it became very clear to me on the consulting side of things that business owners were overwhelmed. They knew what they wanted to be doing. They knew what they should be doing. There just weren't enough hours in the day to do it. And they couldn't necessarily justify, especially in that economy, hiring a formal full-time employee to do these things for them. So I was also introduced to the concept of a virtual assistant. And I can tell you that 11 years ago in Green Bay, Wisconsin, nobody knew that what that was. Um, I still to today meet people who are not sure what a virtual assistant is. Um, but when I heard about it, I knew immediately that that was the solution to so many of the challenges that the business owners were facing. And that's why they couldn't move forward with the consulting programs that we were working with them on because they just were maxed out. So I started offering virtual assistant services on my own. And uh, grew to the point, again, where I said I reached my own capacity. I couldn't take on any more clients, couldn't take on any more work. And I just knew that in, all, in order to continue to grow, I had to start building a team. So um, I onboarded two team members in spring of 2018. And um, I hired two people with very different skill sets. One was very analytical, organized. And I had one who was more, more artistic, loved graphic design, creating content. Because I, I was interviewing people and I couldn't decide between the two because they were so different. So I onboarded them both. And uh, today we are a team of 19, including myself and growing all the time. There's, there's certainly the, the demand there for good help for people in their businesses. I love that. A team of 19. My goodness. Yes, I know. I know. They're all independent contractors. Um, so that makes it really flexible even for me, for our clients. So we're able to hire people for exactly what we need, not more, not less. So it works out really, really well. Oh, and I can, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in everything that you're saying about all, all the things that a business owner can use help with to get more time in their day which is exactly what you do. And then by having 19, 20, if you included yourself, let's just say 19, <laughs> 19 people um, right. doing that, that's 19 different expertises potentially too in different opportunities. So, and it also helps when you're working with someone and you want to add those additional tasks, you, they can stay with your company because like, oh yeah, I have someone that's great at that. I have somebody who's great at that. I have somebody who's great at that too. 
Yes, 100%. That's one of the things that I love most about having a team of virtual assistants. So when I was operating solo, my clients were restricted to my availability, my skill set, my expertise, whereas now we've just blown the lid off of all of that because we can source the right person who's the best fit for that particular task if there's something special that they're looking for help excuse me, that they're looking for help with. The other thing is, is that we're able to back each other up. So if I'm on vacation or if one of our team members is on vacation or God forbid, you know, life happens and they suddenly need to take some time off unexpectedly, someone's in the hospital, breaks a leg, you know, what have you. That has a baby. <laughs> take some time. Yes, exactly. Has a baby, all those kinds of things. We can fill in for each other and clients can still be supported and we're not, you know, Work doesn't stop because one person is out. So it's just been immensely beneficial to have a team around me. And I think that's true for a lot of business owners. You know, when it's all you, you can't go on vacation, you know, potentially, or you come back to a mountain of work, or if you have to take some time off. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday whose dad passed away last year, and she's like, I probably took six months off of my business because. We were working through hospice and then funeral and then cleaning up the house. She's like, my business was practically down to the bare bones of nothing. And I needed to build all of it back up when I was already low on energy. She's like, if I would have had a team that could have helped keep things afloat while I needed to step away, you know, I would have been in much better shape. So that's, that's something that we don't think about also. Right. There's help. Melissa, any last words for business owners who are listening and um and probably at capacity <laughs> like most <laughs> most are <laughs> yes yes absolutely i think there there's two key points that i want to leave with is number 1 a one person operation is not scalable if you're a one person operation and you're you know you're running a successful business that's great but essentially you've still just created a job for yourself you don't have that freedom to grow, that freedom to scale, that freedom to unplug and and take time away. I think that's important to take a look at. But I think the biggest thing is, is that the way that you spend your time directly impacts your results. So if you are not where you would like to be in terms of maybe your revenue, or maybe you, you know, set a goal that you've been wanting to write a book, but it just hasn't happened yet. You know, so many things take a look at where you're spending your time and is that in alignment with where you're headed and where you want to be? Is that in support of the goals that you've set for yourself? Um, and if the answer is no, you know, we need to take a look at, you know, what are you spending your time on? Because that's really what's dropping um, those results that you're currently getting. And how can we change that so that we can get things back on track? I love it. Melissa, if people wanted to reach out to you, how what is, can you share your website? And I'll put the link in as well. Sure, sure, absolutely. So my website is www.melissaswink.com. So that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-S-W-I-N-K.com. No A, people think A, but it's actually I-N-K. So, <laughs> um, but yes, my website, you know, check that out. Um, and even if, you know, it never hurts to reach out to me because even if for some reason you're looking for something that um, our team isn't able to support you on, 
you know, I'm always happy to refer to others in my network or give some pointers as to what I think might be the next step for you. So certainly don't don't hesitate to reach out. Um, if we have a conversation, I'm not going to strong arm anybody into, you know, enrolling in services that they don't need. It's great just to get another perspective from one business owner to another, like, here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm stuck. What can we do about this? So I'm always happy to help provide that perspective. I absolutely love it. And um, I'll make sure that link is included. So for everyone listening, I think Melissa shared not only what her business does and how she and her team help business owners, but if you are looking for a VA or even if you have one right now, I think you, Melissa, painted the perfect picture of what a great virtual assistant company is. Um, the multiple people, the asking a lot of questions, really getting to know you and is a partner in the business, not a vendor, not a line item on your P&L, not someone you just, you know, send some stuff to. I think if you're listening and, and looking for a virtual assistant in the future, if it's not Melissa and her team, which it should be, but if it's not, at least you painted the really good picture of what they should look for. So I absolutely love that. And thank you very much for sharing all of that knowledge and your story of getting started uh, with our listeners. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Tina, so much. And yes, absolutely. We love hearing from people who even have a great team. They have a great virtual assistant they're happy with. Our main concern is that you have the support that you need and you're doing the things that you love, light you up, are most important and in alignment with, with your goal. So, so thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.